Week number three is up on us. Let's get into it. This is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL Podcast. Yes, for the second time this week, we are back in your ears, previewing everything week three in the NFL. Let's welcome the boys into the podcast. Steve, how are you, matey? Lads, it's Dallas week. <laughs> <laughs> he's ready to go. Look at him. And he's, got a, and he's got to wait till Monday night as well. Oh, he's, he's going to be. He's going to be all weekend. It's the first. It's the first game of the year. There's always three or four because your team always gets selected for a few Monday night or Sunday night footballs or Thursday night footballs. Where I, because I'm a commitment, I'll, I'll get up for it. So usually, my, what I'll do is I'll go to bed at like eleven thirty, twelve, get like an hour and a half sleep, wake up, watch the full game, and then get like four hours afterwards, and then get up and go to work. That I'm more day of a after is... guy myself. I like to give myself at least four hours and then four I... hours afterwards. But I'll be, yeah, I'll I, be I laid... do like the power nap sort I'll of be laid awake. I'll be laid awake until midnight. I don't go to bed till then anyway. So yeah, it's a it's a commitment. But yeah, it's Dallas week. You've got to. I'm dreading the night that the Browns are on Thursday night football because Thursday nights become my drinking night where I go for a pint with my stepdad. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to get asleep and I'll never wake up. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Josh, we've already heard your dulcet tones. Well, welcome in, mate. How you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, just getting over the fact that I will not be going to that Thursday night football game that you're describing. Uh, the uh, Biden has just announced that we can indeed go over just three weeks after I booked my trip. So, uh, all good. I'm going to Romania instead. So, I definitely won't be at that Thursday night football game because it'll be 3 a.m. And the missus has said, you can get the game in 40 when you wake up. So, uh, yeah, that's my week, lads. Dearly me, dearly me. Yeah, it's a shame, mate. Open, like you say, three weeks too late for you. Three months too late for me, but... Uh... Mm. At least things are getting back to normal slowly, slowly but surely. In terms of getting back to normal, let's talk about week three in the NFL then and can a few of these teams get back to a bit of normality. Let's start, Josh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Can they get back to winning ways? They're at home. They're hosting the Chargers. Well, uh, we said on the AFC West podcast uh, at the start of the season that if the LA Chargers are to be considered any kind of contenders, they're going to have to take a shot at the champ and see if they can do anything. Well, now would be the perfect time. Uh, you know, the Chargers generate a lot of offense, 416 yards a game at the moment, but they're only getting 18 and a half points a game. So, you know, it's all about being able to actually punch it in. We didn't talk a lot about Chargers and Dallas. Uh, in our last pod but that was an interesting game in of itself Chargers probably scored enough touchdowns to win that game twice or three times over but none of them counted Uh, so you know if they can if they can just play a little cleaner then uh, then they can they can really give it to the Chiefs we were talking about how expensive the Chiefs have been on defense 
so far. They're the worst team for yards um, yards conceded. They're the twenty seventh worst. Um, they're, they're the twenty seventh worst for uh, no, not twenty seventh worst, twenty seventh best, so fifth worst uh, in terms of points conceded per game as well. So you know, in terms of in terms of can the Chiefs can can the Chiefs go over? How about how can the Chargers? Because this is a real opportunity. I did not think I'd be saying this, but I'm actually leaning towards the Chargers, potentially causing some kind of upset. It's one of those where anything could happen. Yes, the Chiefs are brilliant on offense, but this could end up being a shootout yet again. The the Chargers theme of their game against Dallas was penalties. You know, yeah. they shot themselves in the foot so many times. They had twelve penalties for ninety-nine yards lost on penalties alone. That's you know, a hundred yards of penalties yards is insane. And, and they, you know and is that as well. Exactly. And can... how many points did that take off the board for them? Exactly. Um, you know, and and it was, a, it was I think there was a couple of touchdowns that were chalked off because of it. And and you know, Justin Herbert has shown time and time again that he's the real deal. Um and this is going to be a real shootout again between, you know, um uh, but between two top quarterbacks, just like Justin Herbert just had against against Dak last week, so you know it's it, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think I agree with you, Josh. We talked we talked in the in the review part of, of of week two that you know this this Chiefs defense, you've got to start asking questions about it and can it be got at? And when you come into town with Justin Herbert and 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 you know and, and Keenan Allen guys like that, then yeah, they've got to be taking shots. And you know. I, I, I certainly don't think this is as much of a Chiefs win as it would have been, you know, three weeks ago. Yeah, you've got to think that if they don't do it now, when are they going to do it? You know, this is definitely the time for them. If it's penalties that they need, you know, penalties for the first couple of weeks of the season, you can almost excuse, you know, because most of them are just procedural. It's about getting the snaps in. It's about getting things right. And you can imagine that all week this week, the only thing that the Chargers are really going to be doing, apart from watching tape and all the rest of it, the main thing they'll be doing is stopping those penalties. They're going to be shit scared of actually conceding any penalties next week. But if they can play with the kind of fluidity that they have been so far, they they can definitely at least keep up with the Chiefs. You know, if, if they can be within a score with a few minutes to go, which is a similar story that we've heard for the Chiefs for the last couple of weeks. Anything can happen, and we've seen that. Yeah, I think you, you've also got to, you know, cast your mind back to to last year. I mean, we'll put a line through the game at the end of the season when the Chiefs are obviously resting a number of their starters, having already uh, tied up the number one seed. But the earlier game in the season went all the way to overtime. So this is a Chargers team that have pushed the Chiefs close previously thing that we've said in terms of the Chiefs, though, Feathers, is that they have been very susceptible to the running game. Do we think Austin Eckler is going to be good enough to get the job done? I think he's a very, very good back. Um, I think he's one of these runners that, you know, he shouldn't be as good as what he is in terms of his size and his stature. You would think he shouldn't be as good as what he is, but he's very elusive, to use your favourite word there, Josh. Um, you know, but he does he does seemingly get out of trouble. He's obviously a big threat out of the backfield receiving. So, Steve, if the Chargers are going to have a chance, do you think that Austin Eckler is the likely sort of difference maker? Yeah, I mean they've got a, they've got to attack uh, the Chiefs from from I guess from both angles, and the running game is going to be crucial to that. You know, um, 
the, the the both of these teams are equally mass, matched in their passing offenses. You know, uh, the Chiefs have got the second best passing offense in the league, and the Chargers have got the fourth. So, you know, and if you look at the the um, the the quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes has 680 yards, and Justin Herbert has 675. So they are literally neck and neck in terms of throwing. So that you know the run game could be massive. And you know, if you're the Chiefs and you see what Clyde Edward, Clyde Edwards Hilaire did at the very end of that game against the Ravens last week, you know, I, I don't, they're not obviously not going to just give up on him, but you know, you've got to be a bit nervous about that and that that Chargers defense will be looking at that and thinking okay you know he doesn't hold on to the ball too well let's go for that again he'll be nervous his first couple of carries he's going to want to get some you know tough yards under his belt and, and make sure that he holds on to that ball so let's go attack him you know so they'll be thinking about that and can on the flip side of that like you said can can the Chargers really attack Kansas City and 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 build the hard yards on the ground and, and get themselves in a the position to win the game. Because what Kansas City have ch- shown in the last two weeks is that they, they've won one and lost one. The game was there for the taking in both games against yeah. two very good teams. And I think, whilst I don't think the Chargers are quite as good as either Cleveland or Baltimore, if they can give the Chiefs, you know, if they can give a good enough account of themselves and take away even half of those penalties, they'll I think they'll be in the position to do it. And, it's gonna it's gonna be an exciting game, um, and it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top and 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 what the story is at the end of it all. Yeah, and this is not taking anything away from the Chiefs either. I feel like whenever we talk about the Chiefs, we talk about ways in which they can lose. You know, I think that's more of a compliment to the Chiefs than anything else. And the fact that you know they are still the standard bearer of the AFC. I feel you know I feel that like that didn't change with the loss to the Ravens. I feel like you know realistically they were marching down the field in order to win the game. You know fumbles happen. Uh, that's a good idea for a T-shirt actually. Fumbles happen. Um, you know so you know that that aside, they are still the cream of the crop in the AFC. Just that there are definitely signs that teams can step up to the mat this year and we've seen that already twice and probably will see it a few times this year i mean they they they've been to the last two super bowls so once you get to the top of the mountain the only way is down and so yeah. they you know we, we sort of have to almost pick holes in them because they're that good and because you know andy reed is such a good coach pat mahomes is such a good quarterback they've got great players all over the field so yeah whilst we it may sound like we dig them out a bit we almost have to because they're that good yeah no, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to seeing that one in the early window. will probably be one that I'll be catching after the event because I'll be tuning into the Bears at the Browns. Uh, Cleveland got their first win of the season last weekend. At times, it was a struggle. Um, I think I've, I've been quoted as saying that the defence will get better, and I certainly hope I am right in that assessment because... Boy, at the minute, it is not pretty. Um, really not pretty. Um, who knows what would have happened if Tyrod Taylor hadn't have picked up a hamstring injury on the stroke of halftime because the uh, the game in the second half very much went Cleveland's way, but it was certainly a, a ding-dong tussle in the first period. Told you it was a trap game. You did indeed, mate. You did indeed. Um, tale of injuries, though, for both sides, really, in this one. Brown's thin at receiver. Jarvis Landry's ended up on IR, so he'll be missing for at least three weeks. Could see the return of OBJ in this one. It seems strange that OBJ is being talked about as could return. The he, he could have returned week one was all of the talk, and it now seems two weeks later it's almost uh, 50-50 as to whether he does indeed play. My guess is that he will suit up. You know, whether he'll play an extensive amount of snaps, we'll wait and see, but I think he will. 
I think on, I think he, I think he is. I think that um, Kevin Stefanski has said that they are preparing as if he is to start week three. So I think that as long as there isn't a setback in training, he will start. I think that that's the wording. Yeah, and and the Browns are going to need him. You know, they're, they're pretty thin at receiver outside of that. Rashad Higgins has got a very good relationship with Baker Mayfield, but the other two receivers are the rookie Schwartz, who um, you know, was, was decent week one, um, was probably at fault for the Baker Mayfield interception in week two. He stopped on his route. Um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, despite supposedly wowing everybody in training camp, he's the usual training camp darling, isn't he? Someone that's brilliant in July, and then come August, September, he just disappears up his own backside. So, will DPJ please show up? For the Bears, though, probably more significant injury news. We, we questioned, fellas, when was it going to be field time? It could be week three. Andy Dalton's apparently avoided serious injury. Um, but, you know, Justin Fields has seen the field in week one and week two. More action, obviously, in week two in injury relief, but he was obviously sprinkled into the week one game plan. Um, but it could well be the debut of Justin Fields. So, you know, not exactly an easy test. You know, the Browns' offense is going to score its share of points. They've been very good. Baker Mayfield leads the league in completion percentage through two weeks. Um, you know, it's been a very, very efficient offense. There's obviously the two-headed monster in the backfield as well. You can probably add Dimitri Felton into that as well after his uh, sparkling performance in week two. But Josh, as a fellow Browns fan, you know, it's a strange one, really. The Bears were a playoff team a year ago, and it feels like a game that everyone's picking the Browns to win. Um, you know, more so, like I said, than even potentially last week. This, this doesn't feel like a trap game. It feels like a game that Cleveland should take, doesn't it? Yeah, so when when looking at this uh, at the start of the season, this is one of which I did just tick off as a, yeah, should get past them, no problem. But it's not going to be easy. And I think that if it's Fields that takes the field rather than Dalton, then the task is going to be 10 times harder simply because there's not as much tape. Uh, and also he does have a bit of a hot hand. So he's going to be a bit of an unknown, uh, an unknown entity. And that does cause problems with a defense that isn't fully there yet. As to whether or not it's scheme or it's players, I'm tended to believe it's scheme. And Joe Woods, uh, we're talking about um, we're talking about people who are in the hot seat over the preseason. Joe Woods right now is firmly putting himself on top of that bonfire because the defense that we were promised has not turned up whatsoever. And Browns fans are starting to wake up and smell the and smell the coffee on that. So, you know, there is that there are problems there. I think that the Bears are still a good team. You know, that they, they showed out against the Bengals the other day who would have been feeling good from the Vikings win. We're seeing that the Vikings aren't as bad as what we first thought as well. You know, so realistically, you know, the Bears are still showing that there are performances in them as to whether or not it's uh as to whether or not it'll be enough for the for the Bears. I don't think so. I think that the offense will do enough. I think that the Browns will still score about 30 points. The Bears won't score 30 points, but I think it'll be close. Uh, the Bears will probably be buoyed from their defensive performance last week. And, yeah. you know, we, we must touch quickly on, on the Bengals and Joe Burrow, who threw 199 consecutive passes without an inception, which is an astonishing stat. And on his 200, he threw an inception. And then again, 
And then again, it got Incredible. to the point where you were like, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow might not throw another pass again. It might just be interceptions <laughs> for the rest of time because he threw three in a row after 199. But yeah, so that Bears defense took, you know, three interceptions in one game. So they'll be buoyed by that. And especially against a, a, um, a Cleveland team that, like you said, Josh, seems to be stuttering a little. Um, and, and, and like you said, Sean, if you know, they've got, um, they're a bit thin at wide receiver, if that Bears defense can be all over that then, you know, this game could be closer than we all may suspect. And, you know, Matt Nagy is one of these coaches where every every week it seems to be, could this be his last game in charge in Chicago? And every week he seems to just extend it by another week. So, yeah, I think we'll see Justin Fields and it'll be really interesting to see what he can do in a, in a, in a full game um, against, a, against a, a tough Cleveland side. Uh, there's a massive chance of rain there. We're going to run it up the gut. <laughs> Forget the secondary, run it up the gut. Yeah, but we say that in jest. I think the, the, the problem there is, you know, they limited Joe Mixon on 20 carries to 69 yards. And I think if the Bears defence can just, you know, tune into the run game, it's going to be difficult. Cleveland have already conceded rushing touchdowns to both Patrick Mahomes and Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, if Justin Fields does play, you would assume that that would be an extra dimension to what the Bears have to offer on offence. You know, his ability to scramble and get out of there. Um, you know, so it will be a interesting game you know, potentially, like you say, closer than many people will probably predict. Let's go to the final game. We're going to give a bit of extra attention on for the time being, at least. And surely this is the 925 Sky Sports game. We haven't got that confirmed, but if it's not, I think everybody will be cancelling their Sky Sports NFL subscriptions because we have the Rams at the books, Steve. Surely this is game of the week. Forget whatever else is in prime time. This is the game of the weekend. And surely this is going to be an absolute belter to close out the late night slate on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a good chance that if you go by the first two weeks and, you know, the last three seasons or so, two seasons, this could be the NFC Championship game. This could very easily be the NFC Championship game and we might be seeing a, an early uh, look into what this could be and you know two really exciting teams two two teams that have um, you know on, on sort of very different ends of the spectrum obviously the Bucks have become the first Super Bowl winner to ever bring back all 22 starters and at first looked like they were stuttering a little bit against Dallas but you know settled in and, and then you know ended up blowing away the Falcons last week against an LA team that's sort of reloaded in key areas especially you know quarterback Matt Stafford and you know they've seen a couple of big exits on defense but still seem to be, you know, uh, showing a, a, a really explosive offense. You know that Matt, Sean McVay mind is always going to work out, you know, different ways to attack you. And whenever you've got Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball, it's always going to be, um, you know, explosive plays after, you know, um, with one of the best best players to ever play the game on the defensive side of the ball. So it's it's a tasty matchup. Um, I wouldn't want to call it either way. I think both teams are, are, are sort of uh, you know match each other pound for pound. Um, you know, you've got one of the the best or the best to ever play the game in, in Tom Brady, and be interesting to see if if um, if uh, the Rams defense can actually get to him, because we've all said it, haven't we, so many times? If you can just get to Brady and bring him down a few times and rattle him, you know, surely he's 45 years old. Eventually, he's going to snap, and he never has. So if Aaron Donald and Co can get into his face and maybe you know force a couple of picks, which Brady's never been. You know, never been afraid to do. He's 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 not someone who's like Aaron Rodgers, who throws very few interceptions. He's always thrown them, but he's just so good that he just bounces back every time. So, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see how McVeigh 
plots to try and beat the the books um but yeah this is such a fascinating game i don't know who you guys would would pick to win i'd be i'd be struggling to pick a winner I've gone books simply because I think that they've got the hotter hand on offense at the moment. Um, this is going to be a question, like you say, Steve, of can the Rams defense continue playing like they have been? You know, currently they're only conceding 19 points a game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are scoring 39 points a game at the moment. So something's got to give. Some, something's got to give, and even if you split the difference, that's what, 29 points? Do the Rams have 30 points in them against the Tampa Bay defense? You know, they are conceding a lot of yards, Tampa Bay, you know, 400 yards a game at the moment. But, you know, we we know that they are able to get the odd turnover in each game. They're never counted out. So, you know, can you trust Stafford to keep going with this, um, with the hot hand he's got at the moment, especially considering that he seems to be generating, you know, seems to be going more towards one wide receiver in particular. Now, if you mark Cooper Cup out the game, you know, does that make things interesting? Then it's going to be a massive chess match. Um, it's going to be probably the most interesting game that we've had in the first three weeks, and we've had some interesting games already. I think the one one thing that the the Rams will be looking toward is the fact that in the first week, obviously against a good Cowboys offense, that the Bucks gave up twenty nine points and you know were very close to losing the game. But then in the second week against a Falcons team that most of us after two weeks were probably put in the in the in the contention for for number one overall draft pick, they gave up twenty five points. That's a lot against a team that were held to six by the Eagles. Say what you will about the Eagles. They're obviously not a Super Bowl contender this year. You know, it's for, so for them to only put up six against the Eagles, but then put 25 up against the Super Bowl champions. That's a bit of a turnaround. So I'd say if the Rams are looking at that and thinking, okay, this defense can definitely be got at. So they've got to be looking at that as, as ways to, if they can get above 30 points, then they've got to be asking their defense, okay, well, if you can just hold them, then we can win this game. Um, but I think it's going to be a high scorer. I think if it's a high score, I think the Bucks do win it. I think if the, if the Rams want to win it, I think they need to keep the the Bucks below twenty five. That sort yeah, of mark, I think, realistically, um, for them to to be in this one. Just in terms of Tom Brady, I read the most incredible stat earlier. He's thirteen touchdown passes away from throwing more touchdowns since he turned forty than he did during his twenties. That's incredible. Wow. We all think he's just going to fade away. He's thrown already in the in the uh, in his forties. He has thrown one hundred and fifty four touchdown passes, second on the list of quarterbacks to throw for touchdowns once they reach the age of forty. He's Drew Brees. How many do you reckon Drew Brees threw, fellas? Brady's on one hundred and fifty four. Drew Brees is second. How many did he throw past the age of forty? Uh, it's going to be something a lot lower, isn't it? It's yeah, he's something like fifty six. 56, I tell you what, Josh, I'm going to give you that. It was 57. Oh, 57. wow. <laughs> 57. So, yeah, he's, he's nearly 100 touchdown passes ahead of the next person on that list. And like I say, if he throws 13 more, which on his current pace will probably be around week six, he'll have thrown more <laughs> touchdowns since he turned 40 than he did during his 20s. The man is just incredible. And, and let's be yeah. honest, I think while you've got him on the opposing side, it doesn't matter who you've got. 
you, you're probably going to favour um, TB12, aren't you? Let's be honest. I do think it's going to be an absolute crackerjack of a game. Really interested to see some of the individual matchups as well. It's always fun to see Jalen Ramsey go up against some of the best receivers, you know, whether that be Mike Evans, whether it be Godwin, you know, whether it be Antonio Brown, you know, that'll be a nice uh, fiery matchup between those two as well, wouldn't it? Obviously, Aaron Donald against the pretty impressive Bucks offensive line, you know, we, we, Tom Brady's no different to any quarterback. It's pressure up the middle that's the one that gets him. And if Aaron Donald is on his uh, on his game, then that could be another interesting one as well. So, super exciting game to look forward to. Like I say, certainly the clear pick of the light window. Sky, do the right thing. Get it on the screens at 9.25 so we can all enjoy it immensely. Let's go around the horn then, fellas, for the rest of the games. Plenty to get around. Josh, start us off. Thursday night football, Panthers at the Texans. Yeah, so Panthers are on a roll at the moment, and you can probably see them going 3-0 with a fair amount of comfort, especially considering that it is now Davis Mills season. Yes, apparently they are not starting to Sean Watson. They are not bringing in Cam Newton or anyone like that. It will be Davis Mills season. I don't think it'll be a walkover, though. Texans have shown that they've got a lot of guts, a lot of good veterans that are gelling quite quickly. Uh, eight points the spread, but I can see it just being within that. Panthers by about five. Uh, Sean, one for you. Cardinals, Jags. Yeah, lucky Kyler Murray against uh, the Jags. I don't think he's going to need to be too lucky this week, is he? Let's be no. honest. I think uh, he could probably play this game with one arm tied behind his back. Uh concerns for the Jags, to be honest. Trevor Lawrence doesn't exactly look like a franchise saviour. I know it's early days, but he's not exactly off to a stellar start. I think he threw half of his passing yards or more than half of his passing yards on his opening drive on Sunday and then completely just fell out of the game altogether. Certainly hasn't had the instant impact that the Jags would have been hoping for. You certainly think the Cardinals will build on their impressive 2-0 start and move to 3-0. Wouldn't be a surprise whatsoever to see them putting up 30-plus points again on Sunday. Steve, two defences that probably will be on top, Washington at Buffalo. Yeah, um, one team that's flattering to deceive at the moment in Washington, They've their defence has really not gotten going yet, and with that line that they've got, you'd expect them to be a bit more explosive than they have been. Um, barely scraped by against the Giants on, on Thursday Night Football last week, but did get the win in the end. Obviously, it's Taylor Heineke time in Washington, um, and it'd be interesting to see uh, how long that lasts, and if, you know, if when uh, Fitzpatrick does come back to health, do they, do they slot him back in again? Um, so, that you know that they've got some improvements to make against a Bills team that you know were looked dreadful in Week One, and a lot of people started asking questions about whether or not uh, Josh Allen's um, you know season last year was just a bit of a flash in the pan. But you know they very quickly came back and extinguished all of that talk in in Week Two by shutting out Miami thirty-five to nothing. So yeah, it's going to be a, a I think a, a tough ask for Washington to beat the Bills. Um, whilst I think their defense is good enough, their offense isn't, um, and I think the the Bills will take that one. Yeah, can't disagree, mate. Colts, Titans, huge divisional game. One that the Colts probably can't afford to lose, Josh. No, probably not. And they're probably going to go with uh, Eason to start, which means that we're probably going to be robbed of one of the uh, bigger matchups in the AFC this week, which is a massive shame. I had this one highlighted to talk about from the offset. But as you rightly pointed out pre-show, Sean, it's probably going to peter out into a more depressing landscape for the Colts. Um, I still think it will be. I still think it will be competitive. I think that the Colts showed last week that even with 
uh, Carson Wentz out, that they were still able to put up a fight. Um, the Titans aren't all that either. Uh, if they can stop Derrick Henry, the Colts, then they have a good chance. They definitely have the defense to do that. I still think the Titans do this probably by more than a score, something like 10 points. Uh, Sean, Saints at Patriots. Quite an interesting affair there. It is an interesting affair, but isn't it a sign of the times? This would have been absolutely the marquee matchup a couple of oh, years ago, wouldn't yeah. it? You know, now obviously two teams in transition. Will the real Jameis Winston please stand up? Is he the five touchdown guy from week one, or is he the guy that was throwing picks for fun again on He's Sunday? Both. He probably is both. That's that's James's problem. He's Mr. Jekyll and Hyde, isn't he? Let's put it this way. If he's up for throwing interceptions, you've got a Patriots defence that will feast upon them. Uh, Mac Jones has got off to a pretty steady start. Nothing spectacular whatsoever. But obviously, you know, I think anything at the quarterback position is going to be an improvement on what the Patriots had 12 months ago. I think it's a really interesting matchup. This one, almost impossible to call. I haven't seen the spread, so I don't know what the spread says, but I would imagine it's going to be very, very close. Probably the Patriots favoured at home, but I can see it being a field goal game either way. Real tight one in Foxborough. Steve, the Giants hosting the Falcons. My word, these are two two teams desperate for a win. Yes, to the battle of the uh, of the basement teams at the moment. Um, the Giants, after their loss to Washington in Week Two, are now eighteen and forty-eight since twenty seventeen, which is the worst record in the NFL until the Jets lost on Sunday. They're now tied, so it's not a good time in New York. And they are eighteen and forty-nine since they posted that boat picture. Remember the boat picture they had where they were all sat on the boat, all the oh, wide receivers yes. and everyone. They are 18 and 49 since that boat picture went up. So uh, some stats for you there. However, you know, reasons to be to be optimistic in New York. Um, uh, Dan Jones uh, posted the best QB rating for a New York quarterback since 2012 in the uh, in the def- narrow defeat to Washington. So, you know, they've, they've the, you'd think that offense got to start clicking. I'd. I've said before, I don't believe in spending big like they did in free agency, but they've got some big players who've got to start, you know, making them at their their contracts worth it against an Atlanta team that's flattered to deceive. Um, you know, they've got some players, but I think we were all in agreement that they are going to be there or thereabouts in the number one pick race. Um, you know, when Matt Ryan's on the field, you can never quite quite write them off but um, I don't see them doing a huge amount and I think the Giants will pick up their first win just purely because they're not as bad as Atlanta is that a good thing? I'm not so sure (laughs) (laughs) Josh the first AFC North matchup of the year it's the Bengals at the Steelers Yes, it's the poor man's AFC North matchup, really. But uh, we, I know, I know, I had to get that little dig in Um, but I think we're going to be robbed of another classic here as well Um, so the the Steelers, realistically, they've got two major issues here. One being that uh, Ben Roethlisberger has picked up a pectoral issue, of which apparently will be assessed as the week goes on. So we might not even see him take the field. Whether that's a good or a bad thing for the Steelers, I think that uh, time will tell. Mason Rudolph is currently uh, warming up his arm as we speak. Um, but the bigger issue is that TJ Watt might not be able to take the stage. And I I think that you'll both agree, gentlemen, that when TJ Watt isn't in the uh, Steelers' side, their defense is a shadow of themselves. You know, it was, it, it was night and day against the Raiders once Watt was taken out. And if that's the case, you know, all of a sudden, Joe Burrow reeling after letting go of three interceptions in a row... Tee-hee. Um, you know, all of a sudden, 
it's uh, it's anyone's game. This this is going to be an incredibly close game. I'd I'd probably suggest a draw, if I'm quite honest. Um, unless Watts and Ben are back, in which case I would then throw it more towards the Steelers' side. Uh, Sean, to complete the uh, the AFC North here, Baltimore Ravens are going to the heavily favoured Detroit Lions. Sorry, did I say heavily favoured? I think that was a roll of the tongue there. <laughs> I was going to say, let me know who your bookmaker is. I'll get some money on. Um, <laughs> yeah, let, let's face it. It's probably screaming blowout of the week, isn't it? You can imagine that the Ravens are just going to run all over Detroit. Detroit were really competitive Monday night for oh. a half. For a half. Um, second half, Detroit, these are their drives, ended on downs with a fumble. Punt after six plays netted seven yards, an interception and a turnover on downs. What on earth did Dan Campbell say at halftime to, like I say, send a pretty decent team in a absolute spiral downwards? Um, obviously, shipping points left, right and centre, not great on offence. You imagine that Baltimore just rock up and, like I say, probably run all over them. I uh, think it's going to be potentially the biggest spread on the night. Um, Steve, Broncos, chance for 3-0. and Jets are visiting. Yeah, um, Broncos, one of the surprise packages so far in the NFL this season. Um, they look really accomplished. You know, their defense is the third best rated defense in the league at the moment. Um, you know, they're having a real a lot of success um, stopping teams and, and, and getting the ball back. Uh, Von Miller's come back to the field and has three sacks already. So, you know, he's already making a name for himself again back in the NFL. Um, you know, they've got a, a Teddy Bridgewater has really settled into that offense. You know, he's he hasn't thrown a pick yet. He's got um, four touchdown passes, no picks, uh, almost 600 yards of of, uh, of receiving yards. So, you know, he's settled in really well with that rushing attack of Melvin Gordon um, and Javante Williams as well. They've got themselves a really good sort of t- two-pronged attack in, in the rushing game um, against the Jets team that, you know, uh, unfortunately, they're still going to be that that sort of the basement team. They, you know, they've picked up their quarterback, but like we like we discussed last week, Zach Wilson has still got a long way to go. That team still got a long way to go. Was it? Where they he had four interceptions and no touchdowns against the uh, against the Patriots last week. So you know they've still got a long way to go. And they, and they obviously they've had a lot of injuries, which only makes it worse for teams when you're already that you know ill-favoured to have all those injuries is it makes it even difficult i think it's gonna be a long season again in new york it's been a long season in new york for about 10 years <laughs> hasn't it um so yeah i think uh, i think denver will move to three and oh Ooh, lofty yeah. heights for denver lofty heights indeed question is can the for a reason <laughs> question is mate can their afc west counterparts join them the dolphins at the raiders absolutely I actually think that this would be my luck of the week if we did around the NFL style lucks of the week. Um, so I'm just going to do this by offenses. The Raiders offense is currently the best in the league in terms of yards per game. The Dolphins is the second worst with 237 and a half yards. And this, I've not even got onto points per game yet. Eight and a half. Eight and a half points a game at the moment because of that shutout. Tua is currently day-to-day with a rib injury. Where are the points coming from, gentlemen? Where are the points coming from to stop the Raiders? Because you feel like, yes, Miami have got a good defense, but then again, though, you know, the Raiders went into Pittsburgh, into Pittsburgh, 
and ran the show. If they can do that against Pittsburgh, they can do it against Miami, and Miami won't have the points to be able to answer back. I think that the Raiders end up doing this by two scores. Uh, something of which I did not think I'd be saying at all. But I think that they're, they're, that Miami are proving that they are not there yet at the moment. And if they are not competitive against the Raiders, I think that that will just prove it, really. And they'll just end up consigning themselves a bit more to the fact that they won't be in with a wildcard chase. After that bit of depressing news, Sean, I'm going to give you two teams that will feel like they can still do something. The Seattle Seahawks are at the Minnesota Vikings and Greg Joseph. <laughs> well, will it be Greg Joseph? He may well have been moved on by the time we get to Sunday. But uh, c- certainly the Vikings have the blueprint, don't they? This has all the feeling of the Seahawks Titans last week. Can Dalvin Cook get going? Can the Vikings continue to pound it with Dalvin Cook? As we talked about earlier in the week, Seattle will score their share of points, expect some highlight plays. Now, the Vikings have been giving up plenty of points, you know, so I fully expect that Seattle will probably score 30 again. Question is, can they keep less than 30 off the scoreboard? Could be a real high-scoring affair. You know, I still really like the Vikings offensively. I think it's well-balanced with Jefferson and Thielen to go along with Dalvin Cook. Like you said, uh, Kirk Cousins had one of his better games as well. The weekend just gone. Could be sneakily one of the highest scoring games of the weekend. This one I would fully expect to be on the overs for the total points. You have to probably fancy the Seahawks in terms of the overall quality, but I also don't think it would be the world's biggest surprise if Minnesota did manage to find a way to win it. Uh, Steve, round off Sunday night for us then, mate. Prime time, the 49ers at the Packers. Yeah, it should be a tasty matchup. This one as well, another another exciting one. Um, Aaron Rodgers burst back onto the scene on Monday Night Football by, you know, dismantling that Lions team who put up a valiant effort until the half when they decided they didn't fancy it anymore. Um, Aaron Rodgers, twenty-two for twenty-seven, two hundred fifty-five yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. The Aaron Rodgers that we all know and love um, coming straight back onto the scene after that disappointing week one. Um, you know, Aaron Jones had himself a game as well, so that. You know, Green Bay uh, getting things moving on both uh, passing attack and uh, rushing attack. Um, the 49ers, uh, you know, came into the game against the Eagles with a lot of questions on injuries. And, you know, they, they had that um, pair of cornerbacks, uh, including a rookie cornerback that actually played really well in the end. And they, they got the job done in Philadelphia. Um, um, although Philadelphia probably should have won the game, um, they still got the job done and, and um, you know ad- advanced. So it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think if if we see the week two Aaron Rodgers as opposed to the week one Aaron Rodgers, I think this is an easy Green Bay win. Um, I think Green Bay are the better side, but um, you know that that uh, San Francisco offense um, so far, I think it's been hindered by Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't think he's he's good enough, and I think you know he only put up seventeen points last week um and he should have put up more uh when the weapons they've got around them um you know i think it's being hindered at the moment so um yeah it should be a, a good game either way i don't think it'll be a blowout by any stretch i think it'll be a one score game um but i'd pick green bay to take that one could be a couple of crackers in all of that lot we'll obviously get you some sky sports previews written up as and when sky sports do announce the games in due course so look out for those on the website one game that we know is definitely going to be on the tv though boys and steve your excitement at the start of the podcast i feel i have to throw this game of course over to you you said it was dallas week eagles at the cowboys it rounds out week three 
big divisional matchup. We said when we previewed the NFC East, you know, I think, you know, certainly from my perspective, I can't underestimate enough how much I think these divisional games are of massive, massive importance in this division. And like you say, with everybody in there at um, one and one, or, or well, sorry, sorry, Giants fans, Giants at zero and two, everybody else at one and one, um, it already has the feeling of a huge, um, huge contest in week three. So you're obviously looking forward to it, mate. Uh, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, it's. I mean, it it's certainly come closer than I thought it would have been pre-season when this game rolled around week three. You know, Dallas week is always a big week. The Philadelphia-Dallas rivalry is huge. Um, and whenever the, the Dallas week of, of the two rolls around, it's always a big week. Um, I would have been very tempted to pick the Eagles, was it not for Brandon Graham's injury? I think that's such a massive loss for the Eagles. Brandon Graham is a defensive end that finally made the Pro Bowl last year, but has played 10 years, I think 10 or 11 years in Philadelphia. And in that time has missed one game. You know, for a defensive end, that is a, that is uh, incredible longevity. And he's, he tore his Achilles last week, which is horrible to see. Um, he's now out for the season. He's such a leader on that defense. And he'll be a huge, huge miss for Philadelphia. Um, I don't rate the Cowboys' offensive line at all. I, obviously, they've got great receivers. And Dak's obviously showing now why he got that massive, massive contract. He's obviously a great a great player. And they will score points. Philly have, have restricted teams to six points and 17 points respectively which is quite impressive for a defense that most people had written off so they they are a good defensive side but i think Dak will 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 uh have his way with them a little bit and i just don't quite think the eagles have got enough to to answer their own offense whilst i don't think that cowboys offense is all that great and i think they're averaging um uh 346 passing yards allowed a game at the moment which is a lot uh for a for a defense and you know if Jalen Hurts can get things rolling with the likes of you know of of Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins, uh, Devonta Smith if they can get those into the game and Miles Sanders has started well on the rushing attack it could be a good game and you know Eagles Eagles Cowboys is always a good game it's always close you know I think the Cowboys will take it I think I'd concede that especially as it's in Dallas as well um I think the Cowboys will take it, but I certainly don't think it's going to be that sort of 40 to seven blowout that it was a couple of years ago. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game than that. Um, and I, I sort of some key players, I think a lot of focus is going to be on the other defensive ends in Philadelphia and Javon Hargrave. I think we'll have another stellar game and, um, if they can get to Dak early and rattle him, then you just never know. You never know. But I think I'd probably concede that this is probably going to be uh, a Dallas win. Yeah, just on the spread, uh, Josh, Cowboys are four-point favourites. I think Steve's probably summed it up quite nice there. Feels probably about right, doesn't it, favoured by by four at home? But I certainly think it's you know it's it's not a foregone conclusion, is it? It's not. I think that the Eagles would probably have more of a shot if this was the Thursday night game rather than the Monday night game, simply because you're able to punch them in the mouth a bit a bit quicker and be able to just draft up a few things to hit them more on defense. I think that the Eagles have been sneakily one of the one of the surprises of the season so far in that they've actually put together some really nice performances. They've been enjoyable to watch. Um, if the Cowboys aren't able to, to, to get going on the offensive line, especially, uh, you could see Philadelphia definitely hanging around because, you know, it's not guaranteed that they're going to string points up. So I think that if they're able to, if they're able to get off the line, 
then you could see the Eagles hanging around for sure. Um, four points seems about right, though. It's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be one of which uh, is run away with. Um, you do tip it to Cowboys simply because of the fact that their attack is so explosive. But their defence is also so easy to get behind. You know, there is there is every opportunity. I, I, I don't rule anything out. The spread's probably about right. It's going to end up being about a score. But... A score is a score. Whoever has the ball last. And, and and one thing I would say as well, after after obviously watching the Eagles last two weeks, they should have beaten the 49ers. It was there for the taking. They just didn't yeah. call the right players. And I think that was probably evidence of Nick Sirianni's you know, being a rookie head coach and not having that that sort of um, uh, experience with calling players. And I think a couple of the players that he ran cost the Eagles that game. And there was a couple of silly penalties as well, but they should have won that game. I mean, we, we spoke uh, in the in the pod earlier in the week about the explosive play to Quez Watkins. That went 91 yards. Uh, I read a stat that... Um, there's been, I think, in the in the last... It was however many years, there's been 48... Um, plays of, of on 91 yards or more that haven't resulted in a touchdown and of those 48 times 47 of them prior to this week that's resulted in a touchdown for that team so the Eagles became only the second team to not score after gaining 91 yards without a touchdown so the fact that they didn't punch that in they didn't even get any points either I think it was a turnover and downs in the end um, and that's when the, the Niners went down the field and scored their touchdown so that cost the Eagles big and they have to be able to convert that especially against this Dallas defence um, and I think, you know, the Eagle strength is in their lines. They've lost Brandon Graham and Brandon Brooks is going to be out for a couple of weeks as well. Big loss there. But if they can keep dominating on those lines, I think, you know, the Dallas pass rush does not scare me at all. I know Mika Parsons shifted to defensive end and had a bit of a, a you know, a good game. But is he, you know, Lane Johnson's a pro Bowl tackle and Jordan Mylata looks like a good, strong player. So their pass rush doesn't really scare me. What, what does scare me is their receivers. And if that gets the ball out, those receivers, you know, the uh, um CD Lamb, uh, um, Tony, even uh, Tony Pollard in in the sort of screen game as well. Like they all they scare me. So I think that's where the game will be won and lost if they can p- get the ball down the field and put points up quickly. I think that's where Dallas will win. But yeah, I certainly wouldn't rule anything out. And and let's hope for a close one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game to round out the week. Make sure you all get your Pick'em selections in, including that Monday night game. Uh, just an update on the Pick'ems for week number two. Some chap called Believe Lambrick won the week. He got 13 correct, so well done, Josh. I now promise, fellas, I'm going to do this once, and I'm going to do it once only. There's currently a entry into the group that is at the lead, and the team name is ESPN, ESPN Fan 94710769994. Now, please, for the love of God, give yourself a team name, because if you are leading each week, I'm not going to repeat that week in and week Claim out. Claim your team, man. Please. Claim your team, yeah. Whoever you are, you are leading with 23-9 and nine record, followed by Josh at 22-10 and 10, and Choo Choo at 22-10. and 10. So make sure you keep putting your picks in. We'll start updating that more as we get towards the business end. Good bit of fun. Free to play and obviously prizes for the winners. I would suggest if you've missed two weeks, you're probably not going to make up 20 points now. But by all means, just register and play. It's all a good bit of fun. Fellas, talking of fun, this has been a blast as always. Really enjoyed the chat. Looking forward to week number three's action. 
Really can't wait to get it going. But Steve, before we do end, I believe you have a question for us. So throw it I at do. us. It's week two. There are seven undefeated teams. The Broncos, the Raiders, Panthers, Rams, Cardinals, Bucks and the Niners. Who, stayed, who stays undefeated the longest? Well, I certainly is it, think is the it bro- just the books? Is it just the books? I certainly <laughs> think, let's put it this way. Obviously, one of those O's is going to go. The Broncos are certainly staying undefeated this week. So, mm-hmm. that puts the Broncos to three. I'm, I'm going to go with the books. I think, look, until somebody beats them, you've got to go with the books. Haven't you? I'm going to go with the Raiders. Mm. Let, let, let me give you the Raiders schedule. So, they're at the Dolphins. And then... Yeah. And then you got the Chargers, yeah. Bears, Broncos, then Eagles, Giants, yeah. then Chiefs. Mm, I think I've got I've got to agree with Sean though. Until someone beats the Bucks, you've you've picked them in every single game, don't you? I don't know where that Bucks loss is coming from. So you know, um, but if 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 the Niners could overturn Green Bay, uh, you know, on Sunday Night Football, they could they could make a play for it. Mm. They could. But as they say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I remember a team once upon a time started 11-11, and 11, got their ass handed to them in the first round of the playoffs. So let's get out of here, fellas, on that positive note. It's been a blast. Tune in to full10yards.com for all their coverage as we get set for week three and all your college football action as well as we get ready for another weekend of football. Speak to you all very soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.